Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Josh. And I love my coffee. With a splash of crime. Hi Erica, how are you? Doing well, how are you? I'm great, thanks. What are you drinking today? I'm so basic today. I can see that, but how basic are you? <laughs> I just got McDonald's iced coffee. Uh, it hits, you know, so if we if we have to pause it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself. It always hurts my stomach, but here we are. We're it's getting real though. today. We're sharing all our secrets. Whiskey and the coffee. <laughs> Just <laughs> what are you drinking? I stopped at a local cafe. Something real small. I can't even remember the name, but I'm having a honey lavender latte today. Wow. I was extra. Alrighty then. He's a fancy. Yeah, I don't drink regular coffee. I drink cool coffee. Oh my god. It kind of tastes like soap. Oh. It's lavender. Yeah. Well, I love lavender. Really? One time when we went on vacation to Hawaii, I got like the lavender tea. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It um, was weird because I never, I, well, I've never had lavender except for that one time. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know. It was super purple. So it kind of threw me off. It looked weird. But we were in Hawaii. So I was like, oh, I need something different. I need to. You like, weren't in Hawaii. You were in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii. And I was like, oh, you know what? I can't just get something that I always get. This is the number one rule when you go on vacation, you get something different. Yeah. But then you get something that you can have when you come back home. So when you're sad, you're just like, oh, that I had time. this in Hawaii. I had this in Vegas. I had this when I went here. And then you can take it and then you can just like reminisce it. Yeah. Reminisce the thing is, on... I don't know if I could get that here, but I did have, well, whenever I have lavender, mm-hmm. it reminds me of that because the lavender was just so potent. I was like, oh, God damn. Oh, damn. I hit you different. <laughs> lavender. But I do that with perfume. Whenever I take a trip, I always get a new perfume, even if it's just a little roller ball, because those last forever. And then you come home, and then whenever you want to pretend that you're there again, you just put it on your wrist and breathe deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, it's a nice thing to have. No, I I literally do the same thing. I love to mix it up. and Yeah. And then every time you wear it like i did have a perfume in hawaii mm-hmm. and every time i wear it and it wasn't like super expensive or anything like that it was just uh um, well, roller balls regardless of brand yeah they're not too bad but though i got like a i think it was like a tommy bahama like body splash it is not super hawaii and so i i still have it and every time i wear it i'm like it it reminds me of hawaii and then for my wedding i had a different perfume so i wear it on date nights that's really cute yeah <laughs> It's funny. I like that. So Joel's like, oh my gosh, you smell like our wedding day. Oh my God. Just kidding. He doesn't say anything. But he doesn't even notice. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's depressing. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Fine. I do it for myself. Okay. It's, fine. it's your, it's your way to give yourself serotonin. You exactly. don't need to give him serotonin. Just exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I'm excited to tell you my case this week. This one was requested by Cheyenne and... I actually have heard it before. I didn't realize that I did. And some of these cases, they just don't really stand out. And this one didn't stand out to me. I think it's the way it was told. It didn't catch my attention. Some really catch your attention and some just don't. And I think it was the way it was told. But when I was researching it, I realized that I actually was super into it. Like I was going through pages like nobody's business. I'll try to list the sources, but I was just going so fast, flipping through theories and the stuff people wrote that knew them. Mm -hmm. which was crazy that's the thing like there's so many cases that i feel like i've heard with other podcasts and other sources that releases all of these different cases and i feel like sometimes you just hear a case and you're just like okay but if you're like me and i'm i'm a psycho i have to listen to a podcast from the beginning and even if it's not my favorite case 
I have to listen through the episode because if they ever reference that episode, I'm pretty sure it's anxiety. Like I have to listen to every episode. Me too. I feel like they're my friends and I'm hanging out. And if they hung out without me, I wouldn't know what happened. And then everybody's going to make the joke that I wasn't there for. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly how I am. Sometimes when I hear a case told by like somebody or a podcast or a news source and it doesn't stick with you and then you like research it separately and then you realized the case is so good. Like you said, you didn't like the way it was told when you heard it the first time. Yeah. Now that you researched it, you unlocked so many different doors to the case that you didn't know you had. Does that make sense? Exactly. And also, everyone tells a case different way and gives you different facts. Like when we started this podcast, somebody told me, oh, but there's so much of it out there. There's so much true crime. And even though I see cases or somebody tells me about a case that I might have already heard before, Mm -hmm. I really like to listen to them anyway. I don't skip them because I feel like you could learn something new about the case that you didn't know before. And instead of having to sit and research it, you could literally listen to it while you're cooking doing your makeup, working on your car, mowing the lawn. Yeah, whatever you do, it's just you always can have something in your ear. And this one, it's interesting, but it's heavy. I'm just going to give a trigger warning just because it has a lot with mental illness. and There is a little bit of sexual abuse in here as well. It's not too heavy on the sexual abuse. It's just a quick mention, but the mental illness seems to be pretty heavy in here. Mm-hmm. And so I just did want to give that warning because I know a lot of people struggle. Yeah, it's more common than you think. Yeah, I feel like this case is because of mental illness. Okay. So, yeah, or one of the reasons, a big part of it, at least. Okay. Thing that everybody who has these types of mental illnesses go to kill somebody. That's not what I'm saying either. No. I'm just saying in this specific case with these specifics, I think that it played a pretty substantial part in the case, in this situation. The circumstances that were given. Exactly. It's circumstantial. Exactly. Makes sense. Okay, let's just jump right in. What seemed like a love story during one of the greatest national disasters in New Orleans, Hurricane Katrina, it quickly turned into two shocking deaths. A story with drinking, drugs, mental illness, and voodoo. I like voodoo. This is the story of Zach Bowen and Annie Hall, or some people call it the Rampart Street Murders. Zachary, um, who goes by Zach Bowen, was born May 15th, 1978. Zach was a Taurus. He grew up in Bakersfield, California, and Jack's father, he was a drinker and a partier. He struggled keeping a job and being responsible while Zach and his brother were younger. So the dad just would kind of jump around jobs, keeping jobs. He just wasn't really very responsible. Okay. His mom was obviously overwhelmed by this, having to take all the responsibility, and sometimes they didn't even have food in their cupboard. It was just a real struggle. His dad worked as a bartender, but still kind of jumped around and then he'd be stable and then he wasn't stable. It just would change all the time. Yeah, it's rough. Some people go like pretty heavily into his childhood, but I just don't think it's Relevant. it's mostly about his parents. And I don't think it's the details of his dad being irresponsible is not really important. I think I could just say he was irresponsible. Makes sense. So the mom eventually divorced Zach's dad in 1990 because she just was overwhelmed. He wasn't helping. He wasn't being a good partner. 
she was doing all the work exactly but when they got divorced zach was actually 12 and zach ended up staying with his mom so i think they just let the boys pick where they wanted to stay and zach stayed with his mom i couldn't see where his brother went but i think the brother also stayed with the mom Okay. As a teen, Zach was, he was just awkward, silly, shy. He was a jokester. He was just silly. Mm-hmm. Zach was super tall. He was 6'10". Holy shit. Yeah, 6'10", size 17 shoe. That's oh like God. a special order shoe, right? Do, mm-hmm. Can you go in and get a 17 at Vans or Shoe City? or? I don't know. I'm not a size 17. 17. <laughs> I just don't even think you could just go and find a size 17. Yeah, I don't think so either. So this dude is tall and he is cute. In my opinion, he's cute. I feel like he, if you look at pictures of him, he's just, just like this tall, kind of light brown, dirty blonde. He looks very California, very like surfer guy, just attractive. Mm-hmm. Zach was pretty popular, but during his senior year, he became depressed. I read that he was really hard on himself because he was nominated for prom king, but he didn't win. Mm-hmm. And then he dropped out of school right after that because he was super hard on himself. He really wanted to win. He really wanted to fit in. He really needed validation, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And he just decided, you know what? I'm going to quit school and I'm going to move in with my dad. So he moved in with his dad, Jack, who was in Seattle, Washington. He moved from California to Seattle. And it was said that he was super into like rock music, grunge, stuff like that. So I don't know if that played a part of it. Like it was... He was just finding himself as a person. Well, Seattle's like the grunge. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe his dad lived there and he's like, oh, it'd be rad to go there. Maybe there's a lot of grunge bands there at this time. I don't know. I'm just surprised because I feel like everybody, Hollywood, I don't know. Yeah. But he was in Bakersfield. Oh, I love So to move from Bakersfield <laughs> to Seattle. That's what I'm saying. Like, Okay. Anything is better than Bakersfield. And I mean, he can't move to LA because he's... He's young here. He's like, no seven. offense to Bakersfield, but yeah. anything's better than Bakersfield. Yeah, he's 17. Okay. So he's like, can't really move on his own. He's well, yeah, just, but his mom in Bakersfield or his dad in Seattle. Or you just wait a year and you get a car. Yeah. But it's hard money and stuff. No. So his dad's name's Jack. So Zach and Jack. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Zach and Jack had a very similar personality they both acted like buddies they both enjoyed drinking and partying and his mom i don't think wanted him to move out but just thought you know what they're very similar i can't really stop him he's 17 i'm just gonna let him move in with his dad plus it seems like they give him the independence to pick who he wants to go with yeah exactly jack decides that it would be fun for them the dad jack decides that it would be fun for them to go on a road trip across the country and stop at all the party spots along the way okay across the country this uh, kid's supposed to be in high school. Yeah, this doesn't seem like a good influence, but okay. Yeah, Sack 17, and they eventually end up in New Orleans because that's a party place, yeah. you know? Mighty Gras. Yeah, and Zach really enjoyed the carefree atmosphere and decided that he was going to stay and enroll back in high school in New Orleans. Oh, he's going to move there? Yes, Zach's like, you know what? I'm staying here. Like, I love this place. Like, this it's freaking great. awesome. Yeah, there's party. Like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get my diploma, whatever. And his dad is just like, cool, sounds great, peace out. And his dad left to continue his road trip. He left a 17-year-old in New Orleans. Yes. Okay. So Zach just quickly gets a job as a bartender. Okay. So I don't know if he was 18 by this point, but I've read that in New Orleans, you can work in a bar. You just can't drink, like, drink alcohol, and you have to have like some sort of certificate to serve, or at least at this time. That's crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't trust anybody like that anymore. No, 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 no. That was probably I'm sure that didn't go well. Zach is working and he meets a woman named Lana. She was an exotic dancer from Texas. She was traveling to New Orleans on vacation and they just have an instant connection. Zach convinces Lana to move there. He's like, hey, you know what? Stay here. It's going to be freaking awesome. We're just going to party it up. I love you. And she's like, I love you too. I'll stay. Okay. So she stays and she really loves how he's carefree and he has a fun personality. And so their relationship just takes off. All right. Lana was 27 and didn't realize that Zach was only like 17 or 18. I feel like with guys, at least when I was younger, I feel like a lot of the guys looked older. And so they Mm. were able to get away with more stuff because they have facial hair. Like he's super tall. So everyone's just like, yeah, sure. You're old. You're not as young as you are. But she ends up finding out how young he is and she's not going to leave him because right after she finds out she's pregnant, she accidentally got pregnant. Okay. But she's 27. She's ready to be a mom. She's decides she's you know she's gonna keep the kids she says hey you know what you can help me if you want to help me if you don't that's great i'm keeping the kid and he's like no i'll step up like, i'll help you i want to be a dad too okay. that's responsible yeah he he says that or i read that he didn't want to be like his dad like he wanted to be there yeah. and they end up having a son named jackson jack's son jackson <laughs> yeah do you like that? <laughs> I'm like, okay. He was like, you know what? I'm Jack's son. This is Jack's son. Jackson. Okay. I'm just kidding. It was probably... The mom's choosing? I don't know. I'm just that, bullshitting. That's funny. So... <laughs> that showbiz, baby. <laughs> my line? Yeah. <laughs> steal my own line. <laughs> Soon after the couple was married, Lana's pregnant again. And they have a daughter named... Lily. Okay, so they starting a family. Yeah, they're just they're just going right along. At this point, it's the year two thousand, and Zach's twenty years old. That was all within two years. Married, two kids. Um, Moving quick. Yeah, yeah. He ends up, you know, he's working, he's taking all the shifts, everything, but he has a family now, and he needs to make money. He needs to be able to support them. So he enrolls in the U.S. Army. But you know what happened in two thousand one? Mm-hmm. The following year, events led up to the war in Iraq, and Zach was deployed. The things that Zach experienced in Iraq left him with PTSD. He was discharged in 2004 at 26 years old, and he returned home with severe PTSD and depression. And that's why I decided to put the warning in. He did have one memory that haunted him. He saw a bombing of a young girl and her family. And I also read that he was in an Iraq prison. It said the prison, but I didn't know how to say it, so I just didn't add it. Yeah. He, when he was discharged, he was just discharged with general discharge, not honorable discharge. And that really bothered him. He felt like he needed that validation. I can see that. And, but he did get medals for bravery, like certain medals that they usually give to soldiers for bravery. Mm-hmm. When Zach returned home to his wife and children, he tried his best to just go back to his normal life. Like it never happened. He like, just wanted to jump right back into his normal everyday Like, he never went to war. Yeah, like, live and forget. Yes, exactly. And so he got a job at a bar again. But the war changed him, and in turn, his marriage struggled. Oh, I I bet. He and his wife fought a lot, and they ended up getting a divorce, but Zach continues to co-parent with her for his two children. That's good. Yeah. Now it's 2005, and only a few weeks before Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, Zach was still working as a bartender. Zach actually meets a woman named Addie. 
and they begin a very intense relationship. Addie was his coworker. She was also a bartender at the same bar. She was not initially interested in him but he kept pursuing her. She worked the shift after his, and so after work, he would stay and drink and hang out and flirt with her. And that's how they ended up dating. Addie was from North Carolina and eventually moved to New Orleans. So she also was from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And she was an artist. She loved poetry and dancing. She was like just a carefree boho chick. She would ride her bike around. She was very, she just looked very natural. Okay. And she moved to New Orleans to have a fresh start. Addie suffered trauma from growing up in an abusive household and had been sexually abused as a child. Mm -hmm. She had many abusive relationships after that. And her friends said that they believe she had undiagnosed bipolar disorder. Which is like, it's it's bad if it's undiagnosed, correct? Like, it's pretty rough. Yeah. So she's not on any type of medication. A doctor never said she had it, but it was obvious that she did. Okay. Her moods would just jump and, and stuff like that. It was said that she was a super mean drunk and she was a heavy drinker. She worked at a bar. Well, yeah. Um, and it was bad because her and Zach loved to party. So she's always drinking and she's always mean. That's just the bad mix. And they also enjoyed cocaine. Oh. I don't know. I've read that a lot of people who are bipolar, if they're not medicated, they'll self-medicate with drugs. And alcohol. So you're telling me Addie didn't like Addie's? No. Sorry. She didn't like Addie. <laughs> That's bad. She liked cocaine. Yeah, I can see them self-medicating. I think it's... Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. In 2005, which was only a couple weeks after they met, as many people know, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Zach's ex, Lana, begged Zach to evacuate with her and the children. She even told him to bring Addie. Like, I don't care. Let's just all go together. Like, we need to get out of here. Yeah. And Zach and Addie wanted to stand right out the storm. Like, we're true New Orleanians. We're going to stay. We're crazy. Uh, yeah. We're not abandoning our city or whatever. I can see that. Like pride. Yes. Those who don't know, Hurricane Katrina was the largest and third strongest hurricane to hit the U.S. A Category 5 hurricane and caused over 1,800 fatalities and... $125 billion in damage. Was- I remember watching the videos and just being devastated. And I was young, and I feel like when you're... I, think, I remember the videos. Yeah. Like, seeing on the news and just... I was 15 when it hit, and I remember just not really... I don't know. When you're that young, I feel like you don't really pay attention to the news. You don't pay attention to stuff, but I clearly remember. Like, it traumatized me. Well, because it was so intense and everywhere broadcasted it everywhere because it was so crazy. You see it on the news. No matter what you turn to, it was the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. I never seen anything like that. I was so scared and I didn't even know anybody that lived there. I just was hurting for the people that live there. It was just crazy. It's because also at that age, you're also putting yourself in like, I feel like when I was that age, I was also learning to put myself in other people's shoes. Yes, I agree. And you're just, I, yeah, I was picturing what they were going through, picturing being there, what it would have been like. And then you go through like, well, what if that happened here? Yes. Yes. That's what you think. And years later, I watched a movie. I wish I could remember what it's called. If I remember, I'll link it in our show notes, but it's a hurricane hits and they're in, they're somewhere and it's a family and they get separated in oh, the water. Oh my God. I see that away. movie. It's, it's a, is it a movie or a yes, show? Yes, a movie. I'm pretty sure I've seen that movie and I'm pretty sure I cried. Yeah, I cried for sure. I just kept I thinking the about dog. Yeah, and I just kept thinking about this hurricane. 
for mm-hmm. some reason. I think it was probably based or it was very similar for sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was intense. Luckily, Zach and Addie survived the storm. But during the storm and stuff like that, they were in an area that wasn't hit as hard. I guess Addie invited Zach to stay at her place during the storm. Everything was destroyed. The couple became very well known in the area during the storm and even formed a small community. They both enjoyed the lifestyle during the storm. So real fast, I have a quick they weren't they, they did they have the kids? No, the wife evacuated with the kids. Oh they got okay. So I just had to clarify so because I was panicking the entire stayed. time. Yeah. No. I was like, oh, no. They don't have the kids, thank God. Okay. They both enjoy the lifestyle. It's risky, crazy, wild lifestyle, freshly being in love, you know, no responsibility, no jobs, no bills. It's kind of like camping, just a break from adult life, no electricity, no water, no heat, nothing. No was TV. it like an irresponsible way to like this type of environment or was it more like, like, oh, I like helping Imagine people. the walking dead. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm talking like, you know, when people experience something and then they go work for American Red Cross. Oh, no, 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 no. It was like slum, hang out by the campfire and make dinner, drink, break into bars and steal empty, like steal the alcohol that was left to trade for food. It was like, like a looting situation. Like a scavenger, yes. Like flash the cops, your titties. She would literally flash. She was known for flashing the cops. Oh. Yeah. That's a class act. Yes. So the couple was mentioned in the New York Times. They were named the king and queen of the survivor community. Oh, God. So this went straight to his head. Yes. So he finally got that validation that he always wanted. Oh. His ex and children didn't even know if he was alive or dead. Oh. Like, they're seeing all this stuff on the news, but Zach isn't getting a hold of them. Because he's not doing thinking about thing. responsibility. Exactly. I read after that since he had PTSD and she ha- had bipolar that they would have thrived in this high stress kind of... Environment. environment yeah once the real storm passed the stormy phase of their relationship began okay and that show is baby <laughs> that show is baby <laughs> the couple was drinking heavily and doing coke regularly they were fighting really bad obviously drugs and alcohol and she's a crazy drunk they would break up and make up break up make up break up make up break up it was just rocky just back and forth constant cycle exactly and while the city re- wasn't recovery which took a long time like mm-hmm. you said you would always see the aftermath it took a while yeah military came in to help clean up the area and clean up all the wreckage mm-hmm. and it really triggered zach's ptsd oh, because no. he's seeing like tanks come in to carry stuff out he's seeing like everything all yeah. the equipment and everything yes it's like very triggering for him okay and I don't see that he ever got any sort of help for his PTSD. Doesn't PTSD, and I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that drugs and alcohol worsen PTSD. I'm pretty sure you're probably right. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm not I think too it sure depends about... on what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like drugs and alcohol make everything worse. Well, yeah, but then also think about, like, alcohol's a downer, Coke's an upper. Yeah. So you're up, but you're tired. And if you're tired, you're stressing. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I read it somewhere. So their fight started getting really out of control and Addie would hit Zach and he would have bruises everywhere. Like she would beat on him. Zach actually ended up cheating on Addie with a man. He was bisexual. Okay. And Addie was so pissed. Not even that he cheated, but that it was with a man. Like was even worse for her. She ended up calling everyone in his phone to tell them that he had AIDS. Oh. Like in his phone book and then just like being extremely homophobic and they broke up again. Okay. Right. Right. Because she's acting freaking crazy. Yeah. 
The breakup didn't last long, though. Addie asked Zach if he wanted to have a fresh start together and get an apartment. A new apartment, new fresh start. They're moving on. It's going to get better, whatever. They end up getting an apartment on Rampart Street that was directly above the iconic priestess Miriam's voodoo spiritual temple. It's like connected. Okay. And they ended up getting an apartment, and Zach paid the first and last month rent. Then the next day, or like a few days after, Addie went to the landlord to remove Zach off the lease because he already paid. She wanted an apartment. She wanted him to pay for it. Oh, okay. And then kick him off the lease and keep the apartment. Yes, because of her. Okay. And I did read different things. I read in one one source that she that the landlord did take him off the lease, and then another one he was like, no deal with it you're both on a lease type of thing like you can't get off a lease yeah which i think that makes more sense because they get in a huge fight and they fight for hours and hours after this so Uh obviously he was in the apartment she didn't just lock him out yeah she didn't change the locks so at 1 a.m on october 5th 2006 zach strangled addie to death oh no after the murder zach committed necrophilia so he had sex with her body and he fell asleep next to her. The oh. next morning, he just went on with his normal day, went to work. And after he got off work, he thought, okay, it's time to start thinking about how I'm going to dispose of Addie's body. Okay. So he felt that the best way to do this was to dismember Addie in the bath with a hacksaw and a knife. Then he started cooking body parts to remove the flesh from the bone. Oh, God. He, for Addie's head, he removed all of her hair and placed her head in a pot on the front burner of the stove. Like a shrunken head situation? Yeah, kind of seems like. I don't know if there was like water, like he boiled it or I don't know, but yeah. Okay. And her hands and feet into another pot on the back burner. And then her arms and legs in a roasting dish and put them in the oven. Okay, but my only thought that's going through my head is imagine he disposes her. What's the mac and cheese? Yeah. Do you throw the pots away or do you keep it? <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. stop thinking about that. It's kind of like the puke pot at your oh, house. God, don't, don't. Like the one that everybody barfs in, but you still cook in it. I refuse to throw open pots now. I mean, I will not. As a kid, we always did, but I will not. I, will. I told mom, I was like, what do you, why? I don't know why we would do I'm gonna it. I'm going to tell you what I do. I get that ugly ass candy bowl from Halloween and then like the shitty 99 cent store one. Yeah. And then I line it with a trash bag. So after I puke, I could just throw the trash bag away or I could dump it into the toilet and then throw the trash bag away. No, I will straight up grab my trash can, throw it, throw up in my trash can with the bag in it, and then throw the whole thing out. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Like, Like, I don't understand. I don't care if it's a $10 mistake. No, exactly. Or once you take the bag out, if you double bag it or whatever, that puke is not leaking. Like, it doesn't leak. No, in the back of my head. As long as you tie it and take it straight out, it's fine. No, yeah, I can't. I can't eat out of a pot that... after. So after I throw up in that shitty-ass 99-cent store bright neon green bucket... Then I just throw it away, and next year I just buy a new 99-cent store. Is that why I didn't have it? I'm sorry if it's, you know, plastic and it's bad for the environment. I don't care. Is that why we didn't have any bowls when I was was looking for bowls for a Super Bowl party? Here? No. Well, just in general. I didn't have any bowls for any plastic bowl. We had a bunch of plastic bowls. Oh, I don't know what happened to your plastic bowls. (sighs) Bitch. I can only talk about my plastic bowls, and I don't have any because... So, next time, I got three from Dollar Tree. Honestly, since I've lived here, I just get my ass up, I book it to the toilet, and I puke in the toilet. Fucking same. Like, drunk and everything, I'll do it. Me too. I'm not even kidding you. And I don't even splash. I hate to say it. No, me neither. I'm such... Okay. I I have puke precision. Same. I'm not kidding you. I'm sorry. I'm not a scream throw-upper. 
I'm not a scream puker either. Like a, yeah, just it? like a nice, polite little like. Bleh. And then you just hear the liquid hit the door. Yeah. It's so freaking that. And then it comes up through the back of okay, your nose. We're done. Okay, so what was I saying? So her hands and feet into another pot on the back burner, and then her arms and legs in a roasting dish. Puts them in the oven. He puts them in the fucking oven. Yeah, like he's just gonna bake it. I wonder if cooking a body would smell different than cooking meat. I don't think so. I don't think your neighbors would be like, oh, they're cooking a body. I think they just like, oh shit, they got some ham, like dirty meat. some bomb fucking ham on the stove. Like dirty meat? I don't know. I saw and uh, there was like a show a long time ago and I can't never th- stop thinking about it. It's called Mansers. <laughs> I remember that show. Yeah. And it would just have like random stuff and they like compiled data from cannibals or something and asked them what people taste like. I think I remember this episode. Yeah. And they... They pretty much said that, like, it depends on what people eat. People who eat healthier, like, people who eat, like, a lot of rice and grains and stuff like that, they taste, like, that bomb good, like, grain-fed meat. Mm-hmm. But people who eat, like, fast food every day and stuff like that, it tastes like shit. Like dirty meat? Yeah. I don't know. Like pork? Yeah, like pork. Exactly. And so he put her torso in a black plastic bag and he put her in the fridge. Like, oh, fuck, that won't fit in the oven. I'll just cook. I'll deal with that later. What the fuck? Like, I'll cook that later. So you're not smelling any decomposition because... He did it right away. Yeah. It's just me, you know? Over the next few days, nobody suspected anything. Like, the friends and all that, they didn't really suspect anything. They just said, hey, where's that? You know, like, well, it's oh. hard because they're, like, alcoholics and yeah. drug addicts. Exactly. And they're like, what's up with Addie? Oh, and he just said, oh, she went home to North Carolina. And she was so flighty. That they were just like, ah, sounds like Addie. She's fucking crazy. I can see that. And actually, this is one of the first cases I've ever heard that people aren't like, she lit up a room. Her smile shined from a mile away. When she smiled, she lit up the, the night sky. The night. She made the northern lights look dull. Yeah. No, not this one. Not They're like Addie, fucking crazy Addie. But people noticed that Zach was looking a lot more and like doing dr- more drugs. He was getting like off was, his rocker. Yeah. yeah. At about 8.30 on October 17th, 2006, two weeks after Addie's murder, police receive a call about a suicide. Okay. They show up, and a man had jumped off the hotel rooftop bar on the seventh floor on the top of a parking garage. That's Smokey. He he just made a quick feature. Let me go stop him. Hold on. Smokey, for recording. Smokey was humping his beanie baby. I'm That's sorry. Disgusting. That's disgusting. We're sex positive over here. You know, we don't, we don't discriminate. Yeah, dude. I can't. Self-pleasure is important. It's okay. We all do it. I'm just kidding. Now he's going to be in a good mood. Okay. So. He's <laughs> just going to be a <laughs> Okay. This is serious. I know. So at 8.30 PM on October 17, 2006, two weeks after Addie's murder, police receive a call about a suicide. A man had jumped off a hotel rooftop bar on the seventh floor down and landed on the top of a parking garage. They identified him as 28-year-old Zach Bowen. Um, They ID'd Zach because he had a plastic bag in his pocket, and the plastic bag contained a note, dog tags, and a key. Oh, the key to the apartment. Yes. And then dog tags is his identification. Yeah. The note said, this is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. He wrote, 
that the police needed to go to his apartment at 826 North Rampart Street to investigate. They pulled the CCTV footage from the hotel, and I I didn't look this up. I don't know if you could find it online, but the camera shows that kind of pacing by the edge. He just chugs his drink, and he jumps. Fucking crazy. It's sad because he didn't have the help that he needed, obviously. And he had children, you know? Yeah, that's the first thing that went through my mind, like the poor kids. And I did hear different things, and that's why I didn't mention it, but... At one point, I saw that he came back after, you know, after Hurricane Katrina and everything was going on, his wife and kids came back and that he wanted to be a part of their life and wanted to do better. Yeah. And the wife wanted to meet the girlfriend and the girlfriend wanted, you know, Addie wanted to be the stepmom. And then Addie was irritated with the ex-wife, which would treat the kids bad and, you know, toxic. And then that Zach stopped paying child support and like didn't want to be part of his kid's life. But it was told so many different ways because I feel like everybody rephrases it into their own words. And sometimes it comes off different. Mm-hmm. In one article, I saw that he just basically after they came back, didn't want anything to do and stop paying the child support. But I think to me, when I piece it together in my head, I think he kind of wasn't a part of his kid's life because he was on drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. having a bad relationship and, Addie was kind of being like, hey, spend time with me. So peace in your head, I can see that. Yeah, that's what I think. Police arrive at the apartment and the AC's blasting. It's at 60 degrees. It's October. It's freezing. Feels like a refrigerator. 60 degrees? Yeah. I didn't even know it go though. Like went that low. I saw either 60 or 61. I saw a lot of different things in this case. Okay. So it's freezing tits in here. The cops walk in, they bring out their their winter coats. Just kidding, I don't know. The police look around and they, they see spray-painted notes on the walls. It's like... Like a crack house? Crackhead stuff, yeah. I don't want to say it, but... I, um, I'll say it. Yes. One of the notes says, I'm a total failure in the living room. Mm-hmm. Sorry I couldn't finish. I loved her. Call Lana Boeing, which is his ex. And then um, another note that said, look in the oven. And it's just like black spray painted all over the living room. Oh, no. When they got to the oven, don't look, was spray painted in big letters on the front of the oven door. He seemed like he was just like going through it. Like losing his shit. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, it's already been two weeks. Immediately they look, but they don't see any evidence of cannibalism. Yeah. It was just... Cooked. Yeah. When they searched the house into their investigation, they found Addie's journal and Zach had written a signed confession in the journal. Okay. He said that he strangled Addie to death on October 5th, 2006, and then left her body there for several days in the bed. Uh-huh. So that's probably why he had the AC so high. Yeah. And he eventually dismembered her body in the bathtub. The AC was an attempt to slow down the decomposition process. Mm-hmm. And that he was not scared because he calmly strangled the woman he loved for one and a half years. This isn't what freaked him out. Oh. What freaked him out was that he had a lack of remorse. He just didn't even care. Oh, that's horrible. He said that he's always known how horrible of a person he is, which is just sad. Seems like he was just really going through it. He had it rough. Yes. In the letter, he also said that he withdrew 1500 from the bank for good food, good drugs, and good strippers. Those are his words, not mine. I would say exotic dances. Oh, Dance God. for money. Do what you want with food. Please don't. I told you, we're sex positive here. We, oh, we are. We but... love sex workers. Okay. He just wanted to have a good time before he committed suicide. He's trying to just party it up. 
Final party? Hot chicks, good food. Good drugs? Good drugs. During the autopsy, there were cigarette burns all over his body. Actually, he was bi, so... Hot dudes. Hot chicks. Yeah. A little bit of both. We're sex positive here. In his autopsy, they saw that there were cigarette burns all over his body, which they thought was weird. It's weird. His confession letter said that before he killed himself, he burned himself for every year of his life to symbolize all the mistakes he made. Oh, God. During his life. Like, every year he made mistakes type of thing. Oh, God. So he was depressed. He had issues. Yeah. He was going through it. Yeah. Some people believe that since the apartment was located above the voodoo temple, Zach may have been influenced by the spirits. Am I going to be influenced by the spirits? Because I have a shrunken head tattooed on me. But I'm not saying this. Don't spirits don't come for me. I didn't say it was you. I don't know that some people thought that. Okay. Don't come protected. Yes, because you have a shrunken head. That protects you, actually, from the bad juju. Oh, we're chilling. We're big chilling. I ain't worried about it. It's been said that the apartment has paranormal activity. And eventually, the temple and apartment became part of the ghost tour with the same stove still in the apartment. The Rampart Street apartment was aired on the show Paranormal Lockdown in 2017. During the episode, a cameraman felt a draft from a closed window, sensed a presence from the bathroom where Addie was dismembered. Okay, I'm... (sighs) And a burning smell in the kitchen. I don't know how much of any of that I believe. You know, I believe in ghosts. I do. But every single TV show that records paranormal activity... And I don't want anyone to come for me, but it's a lot of bullshit. It really is. They have like the string that they pull and they're like, oh man, you just see that door freaking shut, dude. I just shit my pants. What the fuck, dude? I felt a draft on my neck. They grabbed me by the neck. They literally pushed me. Down the stairs. I, I can't. And then the next day the stairs fucking broke in and they tripped. I was on YouTube and they like wrote that they went with their boyfriend to the ghost tour. And they felt a draft too. <laughs> The boyfriend was like, damn, did you just see that ghost on the balcony? And she's like, what the heck are you talking? Or like up there on the bar or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, what the heck? She's like, what are you talking about? And then when they did the ghost tour, they said that he had jumped off that roof. Oh, what the fuck? And that they told, you know, the person what they saw. And she's like, yeah, we actually get that a lot. Actually, you're right. It's all true. It's all true. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) My my opinion has been Or they were just freaked out. And they were like, oh, we saw something up there. And she's like, has to go along with it. She's like, oh, yeah. Get a scare him for free. My My job's done for me. An hour. Yeah, there's somebody definitely up there. Yeah. We like, get it all the time. All the time. I don't, I don't know why she sounds like she's a sex <laughs> Now we're coming for the ghost tour, ladies. <laughs> yeah. We're just kidding, though. If you ever want to, if you work for a ghost tour and you can get us in, let us know. I've always wanted to do one. I've never done one. Yeah, it seems like it'd be cool, but like, how do you not like... We went to Tombstone in Arizona. It's Arizona, right? Nevada? Arizona. Did I go? No, no, you weren't invited. <laughs> no, we went for my uncle's wedding. And oh, yeah. they actually had nighttime ghost tours through that material yeah, where all yeah, the yeah. cowboys are and stuff. And I wanted to do it so bad, but we just had to go to the reception dinner instead. Oh, God. Not the reception dinner. What's it called? The. Wait, was this a wedding? Mm hmm. Yeah, I think it's called the reception dinner. No, like the rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal. That's, yeah, yeah you're that's right. the one. The day before. I don't know why I thought it was a funeral. Yeah, like so. when you said it right now, 
And I was like, oh, man, a dinner for the funeral? No. But people do have a dinner after a funeral. No, I know. But I thought, like, it was like a... Oh, yeah, no, no. I was like, girl. The former voodoo temple was actually... It's now the Bloody Mary Haunted Museum, which is the one that tours the apartment. It's not the voodoo temple that does the tour. It's this museum that they take you up. And I guess there is some, like, cheesy stuff. They put, like, fake blood and, like, stupid... Yeah, to reenact the crime scene. Oh, God. Like, cheesy bullshit, but... I don't know. I always wanted to go to New Orleans. I have a whole bucket list of things I wanted to do there because we were going to go there for our honeymoon, but then we didn't end up going. Oh, yeah. And so I want to go there. So It's like my number. Like some people want to go to Europe. Some people want to go to Ireland. That's great. I really, my top number one was Hawaii. I went. Now I want to go to New Orleans. I need in my bones, I could feel that I need a crawfish boil. Not a in jambalaya. Real, real, just, you know, all that Louisiana, New Orleans type, just delicious, yummy, yummy food. I saw that that big boat, you could feed the crocodiles off of it with this long wooden stick and you like, stab the food and then you put Bitch, it off the Bitch, you're going to feed boat. crocodiles. I need to feed the cro- I want to go on one of those boats that have the big fan, you know, in the bayou, in the... In the Are you talking about the turn the thing swamp, in the bottom? A swamp tour. You want to go on a swamp tour? I need to go on a swamp tour. I think about this stuff all the time. I need to go there so bad. I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with the culture. I'm obsessed with the... Um, you just want to see titties. Yeah, I'm trying to see titties. You know? That was one of the things when Hurricane Katrina hit. I was like, what about all the old buildings? I didn't go. I've never been. I've always wanted... And now it's all this shit got ruined. All this old, beautiful stuff got ruined. I think they tried to recreate a lot of it, like in the French district. It's just not the same. It's no, not it's not. the old buildings. I mean, it's recreated. That's great. It's not the same. I, I don't care. I still want to go. I would love it's it. It's like fucking Disneyland. Plus, they have a bunch of ghost tours, but you don't want to mess with it there because that's like no, that's real, that's shit, real voodoo. That's real shit. That's not fake. That's the mm, real. My tattoo ain't going to save me. No. And so it's like, mm, I don't think I would do that there because... That's some hardcore nah, fuck that. stuff, and I'm not, the, I'm not, I'm not that girl. Mm-mm. But it'd be cool to like do a voodoo t- tour. I, I don't think I'm down for that. No, but like, no, just maybe, maybe it's like a fake cheap one. Yeah, that's that like, like a the crackheads put together outside or something. Yeah, and then you have the lady with the thick black eyeliner, and she's like, "Come, I read your story." But the first time I see a real lady with that big like headpiece. Oh no, nah, fuck that! You run no, the other no, way. No. You fucking book Mm-mm. it. I'm like, she knows what she's doing. Nah, Mm-mm. not today, Satan. This case is crazy, right? No, it really is. Like it's. I've whole... heard it, and I just didn't even remember it. Like I think it's just the way that it was told to me. It just wasn't, didn't hit, and now you researched it? Yes. So, Cheyenne, thank you for requesting that. I appreciate requests. I'm into it. It's it's so hard for me to find cases because there's so many. I can't decide, ever. It takes me like an hour. Same. But when people tell me, yeah, when people tell me that it's, like, which one to do, I really like that. No, I like it, but I also hate it at the same time. Because you want to pick? Well, no, no. Here's the thing. I love it because I'm like, this is what people are into. I'm totally about it. But then at the same time, as I'm researching that one, I come across another one. And then you put it in the vault. And then it goes in the vault. And then I put it in that special place. And then I forget where that special place is. Yeah. And then I'm like going back in my notes. I'm like, fuck, there's this note that I, I, I had it. It's here. Yeah. And then I'm like, what's this? Groceries from last week? No, not that. Then I keep scrolling. I'm like, what's this? Workout routines? Nah, not that. Then I just keep going. And then I'm like, I deleted the note. I have a whole list. But then when it's time to look in that list, 
you see it and you're like, mm, I don't really want to do any of these this time. <laughs> That's what I week. do. I have a whole list and I'm like, oh, this one's going to be so good for next time. This one's so good for next time. This one's going to be so good for next time. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm like researching cases and other ones come up. So I'm like, I'm going to put that down. I'm going to put that down. I'm yes. gonna put, and then I look at the list and I'm like, mm, this horrible. I really want to do this one. And one day I will. You have the circumstantial ones. Yeah. Like you're like, it's totally random. It's like 4th of July murder. I'm going to do this around 4th of July. Yes. And then you're like, okay, the I have Easter this one. one. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be so good on Easter. And then Easter is going to come around and you're going to forget about it. And then I'm like, when Josh and I decide to do a double feature, we could do these cases, these types. Yeah. And we'll call it a double feature. It'll be so good, like a horror movie. No, it would be great. And be like, oh, double feature. And then we both, we could either both tell two separate short stories or we could both intertwine and tell one. So let us know if you guys would be interested in that. Yeah, for sure. That'd be fun. Real fun. Like, I'd love to hear what people want to hear. Like, you tell the first half of a story and I tell the second half. So we don't research like the first or second half. Maybe we can do like a, I don't know. I was going to be like like a duo, like a couple, Bonnie and Clyde. And I'll say Bonnie's side and you'll say Clyde. Or like, I mean, oh, you like say different Bonnie points and then, of views. Yeah. Oh, that would be you cool. You say Bonnie, yeah. I say Clyde. Like, we'll just like go and go from there. But yeah. that's a horrible example, but it's fine. No, I think it'd be good. Yeah. It'd be good. It'd be fun. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to stop by and have some coffee with us and hear some crime. Yes. So please go to our Instagram and wherever you listen to rate, like, subscribe, comment, do whatever it is you do. Tell us what you want to hear next. Yes, I want to hear from all of you guys. I really want to hear from everybody. Don't be afraid to talk to us in the comments. We don't bite. We don't. Or DM us. We'll do yeah, either or. DM us. We'll, we respond. We'll hang out. Yeah. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.